Opinions expressed in this episode are personal. They do not necessarily reflect the views of this streaming platform. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Let's Be Diverse. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all my loved ones who have supported me through this journey. Over the years, the word greatness has been used to inspire human minds. But greatness has been described in many ways over time. In some ways, it has been seen as a quality of certain great men or women, whereas at other times, it has been seen as an ordinary skill that can be learned and taught. Today, our focus will be on something that I am sure many of us have thought about. Evoke greatness. I am honored to have, as my guest today, Sunny Leinberger. Now, Sunny is a results-driven professional who values building lasting relationships. She is a natural-born leader with a mission to empower people to take control of their finances. She is a lifelong learner and entrepreneur who is building a business and helping businesses improve their financial outlook. Welcome to the show, Sunny. It is great to have you on today. Thanks so much, Andrew. Glad to be here with you. Glad to have you on here today. It's been a while since we tried to get you on, so I'm glad that everything worked out today. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. What's new in your world? What's going on? I am enjoying the weather. I am in sunny LA, which gives me a little bit of a reprieve from the, you know, million degree heat of Phoenix. And so I'm uh, I'm just basking it up out here in Southern California this week. Well, that is awesome. So working and then enjoying the pool whenever you can. Try, yeah, not much pool time, but certainly enjoying the sunshine. Sunshine, yeah, for sure. The nice weather, for sure. Any sightseeing at all or no time for that? No, no time for that. Although I've spent a lot of time out here over my career working, so I'm pretty familiar with everything out here. Okay, perfect. Well, I'm glad to hear everything is going well. I'm glad that you're enjoying your time in sunny LA. Um, I'm a little bit jealous, but that is the way that it is. <laughs> <laughs> so before we begin, I always have a fun question to ask my guests to get things going. Are you ready for yours? Let's do it. Okay. So my question today is, in 40 years, what do you think people will be nostalgic for? Ooh, 40 years. Ooh, with the way times times and technology are changing at such a rapid space. Um, I think people will be nostalgic for when when people used to run the world and not robots. <laughs> mm-hmm. AI AI is really kind of taken over, and um, and so I don't know what it'll look like in forty years. But my guess is there won't be a lot of bodies in positions, rather a lot of bots doing things that humans used to do. So I think we'll be yeah. nostalgic for the good old days when we used to be able to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, eh? Yeah, I feel like stuff like I was just at the uh, movie theater the other day, and I remember back in the day where you could go into the cinema and there would be like two or three people at the counter, there'd be a huge lineup to buy tickets. Now there's no more people there at those ticket counters. It's machines now, and you're buying your tickets through these machines. And the only way you can buy tickets through an actual person is if you tell the guy waiting at the door that you want to buy your tickets there at the counter where the food is and get it all together. But it's forever changing. Like I couldn't believe that there was not at least one person selling tickets. Like it's crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And when you go into a grocery store, like I fought it for a while, I would not do self-checkout. I was like, no, I come in. I, I want to go through the line where someone checks me out. I don't want to have to be forced into somebody, somebody's job being given up because I choose to go through self, you know, the self-service line. And then I finally, um, me and my control enthusiast ways, I like bagging my groceries a certain way. <laughs> so I finally gave up on that because there's really only one person at, at a register, like in a whole grocery store nowadays. It's, it's like multiple lanes of go check yourself out. And so I gave into my, my control enthusiast ways and I thought, you know, to heck with it. I'm just going to check myself out probably quicker and all, and my bread will not be, you know, squished and my bananas won't be uh, underneath the milk and, and it'll just be done right. <laughs> yes, I do remember way, way back. I'm going to age myself, but yes, I do remember that there was grocery store. There was always somebody there to put your food through to register. And there was somebody there with the brown grocery bags and they were packing right. your grocery. I can't remember the last time I've seen that. It's been a while. It's been yeah. a really long, long time. I think the last time I seen it was a small store in our area and it was a manager. There wasn't very many people, but the guy just decided to come and chat and he was bagging my stuff in a bag while the girl checked something through, but it had been a while since I've seen that. So, so yeah, no, great answer. Yeah. I definitely am curious to see what it's going to be like in 40 years as well. Well, I don't know if I'll be around, but, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, it'll be interesting to see what it's going to be like. So, Why don't we start off today with you telling us a little bit about you and your story? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I won't go back forever, but I am a nurse by trade and I went in uh, into healthcare, really taking care of primarily geriatrics. So people more at the end of their life, never wanted to be a leader, never wanted to grow. I just, I really wanted to be that nurse caring for patients at bedside. And then just organically, I had incredible mentors along the way who really paved the path. You know, I think in mentorship, you have some people who you learn exceptional lessons from. And sometimes those exceptional lessons are what to do. And oftentimes some of the really valuable lessons are what not to do. And so I had really kind of cobbled together incredible mentors along the way who put these papers in front of me and, and really helped me grow and saw something in me that I probably didn't see in myself at the time. And so I grew into leadership and mm-hmm. moved into bigger and bigger roles throughout my career. For the last four years, I was the chief operating officer for um, one of the largest hospices in the U.S. and absolutely loved growing and scaling that. But about a year ago, I decided to step away and really had the intention of, I love the complexities of growing and scaling a business. And at the same time, I love growing people and developing people. And so I decided to step out of my chief operating officer role and step into starting my own company where I could serve organizations and leaders in a kind of a bigger, more meaningful way so that I wasn't confined to one company. Rather, I could, you know, I could go wherever and help leaders grow. And so I do executive coaching and then I do healthcare consulting. And then kind of in between that time, I do some keynote speaking as well. Mm, Well, fantastic. 
as you were starting, you mentioned that you had some mentors and you grew into leadership and now you want to serve organizations. Did you find that as you were growing as a leader, you started to kind of put stuff together and even though you weren't like ready to move on, were you kind of putting things in your mind and thinking, oh, I could see this would be a good thing to do. And if I was there, I would fix this. Or if I was doing that, I'd fix this. You know, as I, as I recall, it was really more about like, I really, I had some great leaders that I really, really respected. And I've always been very curious by nature. And so Oftentimes, if so, as a hospice nurse, I would go out and see my patients. And when I was done, I may I may just touch base and check in with my leader just to say, hey, is there anything I can do to take off your plate? You know, leaders, unfortunately, oftentimes get so many things poured onto their plate. And so I would just in the spirit of of wanting to be helpful to them and give them a little bit of a break, I would offer to help do things. And so I think that probably singled me out as someone who you know, was just willing to go above and beyond and didn't mind the extra work. And so by way of doing that, they slowly were training me to do things that would be in that kind of next step into a leadership role. I probably didn't even realize it at the time. But yeah, I think I think, you know, certainly being groomed along the way. Well, kudos to you and kudos to your leader, because there are a lot of leaders out there who even though they have a lot of stuff on their plate, a lot of times they don't want to give up stuff that they're doing. Because someone is taking it over and maybe they're, you know, having a little bit of imposter syndrome and they're not wanting somebody to take mm-hmm. over. So at least kudos to them that they were eager to let you do some stuff and saw your potential and let you do the things to help them out. So kudos to both of you. Yeah, absolutely. So what does evoke greatness mean to you? Yeah, there's there's actually a really special meaning behind that. Um, so when I was still the chief operating officer uh, of this hospice company, I decided um, that I had had years of lessons along my the trajectory of my career. And those were a lot of lessons that I felt like other people may get value out of hearing. And so I thought, what platform, what in what way could I share this with others other than maybe, you know, just my own personal team that I was mentoring at the time. And so I had sat on the idea of starting a podcast for about six months. And it was really, I sat on it because I was terrified. There was a lot of fear around the fact of, I had no idea, like I'm a huge consumer of podcasts, but I had no idea what I was doing. I had ordered, you know, the, like a podcasting package off of Amazon and it was sitting in my home office, but like collecting dust. And so I finally kind of got the courage to say, I really want to do this podcast idea, but I got to come up with a name. I have no idea what to call it. And in naming anything that is meaningful to you, you want to pick the right name. You want it to resonate with, you know, with the spirit of the intention of what you're doing. And so I went through a ton of names. All of those names are taken. And so I keep going through and I have this list of like a hundred different names on it. And I thought, gosh, okay, it's, you know, the idea is greatness. Greatness has always kind of been this idea in my mind. And I thought, in what way can I convey that? Because it's less about the greatness that is anything exterior. It's really about like that inner developing and refining that inner greatness. And then, and as I started kind of playing with words evoke is to is to really call up something from within and i thought oh my gosh evoke greatness to call up greatness from within 
And that was really how I landed on naming my podcast that would eventually kind of create a personal brand for me and what I represent. And then would end up, little did I know at the time, it would end up being my company name as well. And so evoking greatness to me is what, what the intention of my business is. I hope to get others to be able to not only recognize, but refine and polish and evolve inside of their inner greatness so that they share that with the world. Mm, I love that. Refine, polish, and evolve. I love that because your story was similar to mine. When I was looking to start my podcast, I had the similar feelings that you did. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be something that's interesting? Are people going to listen? Am I going to be good at it? How am I going to sound? And I found I wasn't sure how it was going to go or what was going to happen. And I was kind of discouraged when I first started because the first 10 people that I contacted to be guests on my podcast said flat out, no, I'm not interested. Thanks for asking. Right. So you get shot down 10 times in a row the first bit. You're just starting out. My first thought was, wow, is this something that's viable? You know, am I doing something that is going to be of interest to people? And then I just kind of said to myself, you know what? I want to, like you said, refine. I want to, I want to put this out there and I'm just going to put my sales hat on and I'm just going to keep at it. I'm still going to get no's, mm-hmm. but there's going to be people that are going to say yes to me. So I just need to keep at it and keep pushing. And eventually I started to get yeses and then, you know, the positivity came back. But like I said, the first inkling was, wow, I have no idea if this is going to work or not. Yeah. And that's, that's the primary reason why most podcasts go to the graveyard within the first nine episodes. You know, there is like something like 3.5 million podcasts out there and most of them die by the ninth episode. And so There was a time when I really wanted, I thought, why am I even doing this? You know, it, who knows who's listening out there? Like the idea was to be impactful to the world. Is any of this even impactful? And it's like, you know, my belief is God kind of gives you those signs that you need right at the right time. And so about the time where I was like, dang, I, maybe I should just quit this because as I mentioned, when I started it, I had, I was a chief operating officer. So I was literally doing it in my spare time. (laughs) And so about the time that I was ready to quit, I got an email from someone on LinkedIn and they were like, I just got to tell you, there are days when I feel like giving up. And then, you know, it's something you said on your podcast this morning, like totally gave me a different perspective. And I just wanted to thank you for it. And it's like, holy cow, you know, right at the right time, all these puzzle pieces get put together. Yeah, it's just like Lego, right? It's everything put together right. one piece at a time. And that's great. Yeah, I, I was the same way. Everything came together. Things started to happen. People started to listen. And yeah, we're here where we are. And I did hear what you said earlier. A lot of people quit after nine. So I figured, okay, well, if I could just stick with it for a few more months and it still keeps going, then I, it might be a success. So yeah, I just stuck with it. Right, right. Sure. Well, kudos to you for sticking with it because there are a lot of people who don't. Yeah, for sure. So what type of leader do you need to be to evoke greatness? 
Yeah, I don't, you know, more than anything, I don't think that you need to be a leader necessarily to evoke greatness. I think everyone should have the ability to call that greatness out from within themselves. I think the really important job of a leader is not only being able to pull that greatness out of themselves, but actually to be able to pull that greatness out of others. And so I think that's a big job. It's a big responsibility. And I think that is creating a space where you don't have to be in the spotlight, right? You can shine that spotlight on other people. And so that leader can't have a big ego. I think that's really important because you have to want other people to win. You have to want other people to shine. And so you you have to be able to lift other people up and not be intimidated by people. And I've always, you know, I have been of the philosophy of trying to hire the smartest, most brilliant people that I can, no matter what role, whether they're, you know, above me, below me, beside me, and then actually get out of their way and give them the creative freedoms to do their job. You hired them, you brought them in for a reason, and then you kind of have to step out of the way, right? Lay the pavers in front of them, sim- similar to the pavers that I had laid in front of me. I think that's a, it's something that's really important to be able to pay it forward as you grow in leadership is to pass that down to others. I totally agree with you 150%. My first thought of what you just said is, I think that when you are a good leader, when you are hiring somebody, you want to communicate what your expectations are of the individual in the role. Once you've given your expectations, I agree with you, let them flourish, let them flow, let them do their job, be authentic, be there when you need them or when they need you, but just let them flourish. I definitely agree with you on that one. And then as far as not everybody needs to be a leader. I've talked about this on another episode of my podcast, but I had somebody 15 years ago, I had somebody come to see me that sat beside me and it was the end of the day on a Friday and they came up to me and said to me, you said, oh, I noticed that you took on a lot of work this week, a lot of extra projects. And I'm like, yeah, somebody needed to do them. So I decided to take them on. So they said to me, said, well, I just wanted to let you know that I noticed that you were doing you know, extra work you took it on and I think you did a great job with it and thank you for doing that. You're a great team member and we appreciate you. And I still remember that to this day, like if it was yesterday. And they, mm. they weren't a leader. They weren't one of my supervisors. They were a coworker that sat beside me and we talked during off times, whatever, got to know each other, but they took it out of their time, out of their schedule. And especially at the end of the day, They wanted to make sure that they came to see me. They could have just took their stuff and left, but they actually took the time five minutes on a Friday after their finished work to wait for me to tell me that. I just thought that that was, I just loved it. Yeah. And it was, it was so meaningful to you. And sometimes it's the little things that people say or the, you know, the measures that they take that are sometimes the most meaningful to others. I agree with you 100% there. Do you think that leaders are responsible for the greatness of their employees? Or do you think that employees have to take on some responsibility as well? Yeah, I definitely think that we all have to take responsibility for ourselves. And that's what what I refer to as radical responsibility. And that is really being accountable for 
you know, we can all say we want, you know, I would love to be the president of the United States, right? But if I'm not willing to do any of the work to get myself to a place where I would be qualified to do that, then it's just kind of a, a wish, you know? And so I think, I think people, each person is responsible for their own greatness. I think leaders are responsible for sometimes recognizing the greatness in people that people may not recognize themselves. And that is incredibly powerful. I think they're also responsible for stretching others outside of their comfort zone. You know, oftentimes if we weren't stretched, we probably wouldn't be where we are. But some somebody took a chance to stretch us. And I think oftentimes leaders are afraid to stretch their people. You know, nowadays we're worried that we're going to, you know, put too much on someone or, or burn somebody out. But sometimes it's those kind of diamonds in the rough that are waiting to be stretched so they can actually recognize their own greatness within themselves. I totally agree with you. I love that. I love the radical responsibility. I definitely agree with you 100%. I think that if you want to be somebody or you want to do something, then you have to, just exactly like you said earlier in the podcast, you saw that you know there was extra work to be done and you spoke to your leaders and asked, can I do this? Can you show me how to do this? I think that's the responsibility of the individual. Mm -hmm. I do also think that it's leaders do need to be there not to tell people what to do, but be there for guidance and support. If a leader is going to be in their office eight hours a day with the door closed, you know, nobody's able to get guidance from them, then I don't think that that's a good thing as well. So I do think that they need to be there to support their employees. Yeah. And the leaders are oftentimes models for what to do. And so if you want to create an environment where everyone goes and closes their doors, then go ahead and close your door and, you know, and make people come to you. But my idea of leadership is leave that door open, go out and roam about the office, touch base with people, get to know them. You know, have you asked what's actually really important to them? Whether it's personal, professional, their growth, you know, I think when we start getting really curious with people, we learn so much more. And then that really allows somebody to see leaders in a different light. For sure. I think a little bit of vulnerability is important too. I mean, you can definitely ask a coworker, you know, say, hey, Sunny, I know you told me that uh, it was your son's soccer tournament on Saturday. How did it go? Did they win? Mm -hmm. Like, remembering that I think people will be like wow they actually you know he remembered right and, or he or she remembered and then they not only did they remember but they asked me so in other words that they were vulnerable they showed care and compassion and they wanted to know so that, I think that's important too as well right and you know one other thing that that reminds me of in vulnerability is is creating space for people to make mistakes. Now, not that we want people to make a lot of mistakes, but if as leaders, we are willing to say, I have, you know, if, if there's a way to screw something up, I've done it, you know, plenty of times. And here's the lessons that I learned about it. And if we can have leaders share those lessons vulnerably and openly, how many people are going to avoid the pitfalls that that leader fell into just by way of them being willing to share their story and their, their missteps? I had a great leader that once told me, because I was 
a little bit skeptical or a little bit nervous to try something or try a project. And they said to me, they said, you know, if you don't try it, then you'll never know. And they also said to me, said, if you try it and it doesn't go well, it can always be fixed. Anything can always be fixed. You just come and see me and we'll fix it. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to, you know, oh, my God, if I do this, and I'm, you know, am I going to make a mistake? Don't be afraid of that. Just try it and it can be fixed afterwards. Yeah. And that, and that gives you the permission to be human, right? What are some resources that you can recommend in a leader's journey towards greatness? We are in a time where we have the world of information at our fingertips and so much accessible to us and like free, free resources accessible to us all the time. And so I would really, really encourage people to be a reader. I think the the saying that leaders are readers is really true. It it, you can bring in so much knowledge by way of that. And it does. you don't have to limit it to books. As I started my leadership journey, I actually ventured into podcast was kind of one of the first ways that I really leaned into like bringing in outside information and listening to really great people, maybe famous people, successful people. And so I really, really consumed a ton of podcasts. And then that led me to these great people to go find their books Today, there's YouTube, there's, you know, all of these search engines or platforms that have so much information and resources available. And so I think it doesn't have to be expensive. Lean into pulling in all those resources and just being willing to to grow and kind of get outside your comfort zone. And maybe that is, maybe that's taking a jujitsu class, right? Because it's not something you would ever do. When we step out of our comfort zone, there is a sort of greatness that we touch every time we step out of that comfort zone. And, and you think about the, the discipline and the type of workout that would come with jujitsu. I mean, it doesn't have to be like that extreme, but you know, it could be anything to where you step out of some, out of this comfort zone and step into learning something new because we create new neural pathways. You know, it's, it's these new kind of pathways in our brain that we create when we get outside of our kind of routines and patterns And we create these new pathways when we do something new. And so it's, you know, there's so much brain health associated with that. But I think just it's expansion of oneself as well. I believe highly in passion. And I believe that when you're passionate about something, then you're definitely going to seek out more information on it. So you mentioned YouTube, books, going on the World Wide Web, listening to podcasts, reading articles. I mean, every time I see an article on leadership or HR or workplace, I read it because, you know, you just see so many things. I was reading something the other day and then I had a conversation with somebody and it was talking about, so we've had the quiet quitting but mm-hmm. now I read something I read something now about loud quitting where they're saying that it's people who are leaving an organization throwing their binders down or shutting off their computer and causing a ruckus and saying I'm out of here I'm done with this place and I was saying to somebody the other day I remember these things happening I remember I've had people who have left an organization like that Mm -hmm. in a in a ruckus but they didn't call it anything so Mm -hmm. it just was it just happened 
So I just believe, I love that you're saying reading and looking up stuff because I feel like all these things are, these new terms are coming out because people are reading, people are giving their thoughts and opinions on stuff. And once people read it, then everybody starts talking about it. But years ago, nobody was talking about these things at all. It was just, oh, so what happened? Oh, Steve left because... You know, he didn't like it or he's frustrated or he didn't like the new processes or whatever it was. He mm -hmm. just decided to leave when now it's called something. So it's just interesting when you mention reading and reading up stuff. This is where you find out about new different things. And then people start to talk about those things, which is for me, a positive. Yeah. And, and then there's so much more research nowadays. They're really putting an emphasis on research around things like that. And so again, like these research reports are published, they're put into like consumable bits and, and I'm a data nerd as it is. And so, you know, those things I love to read and take in as well. And I, I find them fascinating, just, you know, helps you learn something about the world. Absolutely. And it's funny because you have to find, you know, when you read that stuff, like when I read something, my thoughts are to direct myself to someone who would be interested in having a conversation about this because not everybody's, you mentioned you're a research person and you like to read that stuff. I love to read that stuff as well, mm -hmm. data and what's going on and what they're researching, but not everybody likes to have those conversations. So, right. you know, you need to kind of almost search for those people which they're out there but once you find them then you want to gravitate to them and hey did you read about this or whatever because a lot of people are gonna be like yeah i read that whatever it's not a big deal right so, mm -hmm. so, so i try to seek them out for sure yeah <laughs> if you could choose one word to describe yourself what word would that be hmm Probably limitless. That was kind of my word of the year last year, but it's really kind of a season that I'm in. And for anyone who knew me years ago, it would that would have never been a word that I would have described myself with. Um, but I, I think limitless. I have I have this view of the world today that there is nothing or little to nothing, next to nothing, out of my reach or able to be accomplished. And I think that has been because I have really kind of shifted from that more of a fixed mindset, which was most of my life, until about the last 10, 12, 13 years, where I really have much more of a growth mindset. And I've just, you know, I've been, I've been mentored in so many ways, and I've been grown in so many ways. And I've poured into myself in a lot of ways that I just really think that I don't have a whole lot of limits. And so I... I stand proudly kind of in the space of that word limitless. I love that word for you. Just from your story at the beginning of the podcast, it totally fits where you started, where you grew and where you are now and where you want to continue to grow. I think that is a fitting word for you. Oh, thank you very much. Totally agree with that for sure. Any final thoughts? Oh, geez. You know, I just encourage everybody, everybody out there listening to all your listeners to, you know, really get introspective on pulling those really amazing things out of yourself. I think so often we can recognize greatness in others or in other things. And I just, you know, if, if I could impact one or a million people 
by just the concept or philosophy around evoking greatness and really stepping it. There is greatness waiting for everyone. And it's a matter of uncovering that from within yourself. And I just would encourage people to lean in to the amazing and, and wonderful world that's inside of themselves and, and then share that gift with the rest of the world. I love that. I think that's such encouraging words. And I just love that. I wanted to take the opportunity to thank you for being a part of this great conversation. I think you are one of the most engaging and encouraging people I have had a chance to connect with. I admire your ability to help people reflect deeply on what they truly value and respect. You are super compassionate and super genuine. The moment that I met you, I admired the fact that you were willing to listen to me and give me guidance whenever you could. So thank you for agreeing to come on today. And it is an honor and a pleasure to be connected with you and to have this conversation with you tonight. Oh, I was delighted to spend this time with you. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor and a pleasure. On behalf of myself, uh, my guest, Sunny, I would like to thank you all for listening today. And until next time, be safe. And remember, if we all work together, we can accomplish anything. You have been listening to Let's Be Diverse with Andrew Stout. To stay up to date with future content, hit subscribe 